from like a cultural perspective, I would say that I definitely notice more like media representation for people that are like not the prototypical Japanese looking person that could be like, you know, like uh, Hafu talents on yeah. TV mm. or I mean, and, uh, you know, who are like people who are kind of there as themselves and not specifically as a hafu or a or like a foreigner mm -hmm. you know like the the main talking point is not that they are a foreigner yeah yeah, right? yeah yeah um whatever they have to say or whatever they present is more important right and i or than their background like, yeah i, I like think that a lot yeah, yeah i've noticed that sure we still don't know what episode this is going to be but yeah i don't know either yeah. i still haven't honestly I, so. I haven't even if you want we can wait until 69 <laughs> yeah. damn it <laughs> wait another like 60 episodes that's gonna take a while i know yeah but yeah so welcome to brokio's episode Question. ario okay <laughs> <laughs> episode ario <laughs> thanks for having me guys yes so today we have my uh, my friend ario and uh, he is uh, mixed between two different cultures, mm -hmm. uh, Iranian and, uh, and uh, Filipino. Yep. And he, but he was born and raised in Japan, and he's got the Japanese passport and everything, full fledged Japanese citizen. Yeah, that's so correct. It's pretty unique to find uh, find somebody like that in Japan. Uh, even even if you were born here, raised mm -hmm. here. If both parents or at least one of them aren't Japanese, it's pretty rare to find somebody that has a Japanese citizenship. Yeah, I mean, in Japan, you know, there's there's no such thing as birthright citizenship yeah. if you're not, if one of your parents isn't Japanese, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's not like the U.S. where just because you're born there, you get it. Um, yeah, I mean, I do have friends that are, you know, like half, and it's not, like, difficult necessarily for them to get Japanese citizenship, but... You know, in my case, both of my parents are foreigners or immigrants, and uh, yeah, I mean, how, how did that yeah, come about? That, I'm, I'm really curious because, like Ramsey said, it is really hard to get Japanese citizenship, even for people who have lived here for like 30 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, I'm not. I wasn't personally the one. Well, my dad was the one who applied for citizenship in the first place, so I don't exactly know how difficult the process is. But I'm sure it is, you know, quite difficult. And it took him, I think, you know, maybe two years or three years uh, from the beginning of the application process to get it. But at that point, he'd already been living in Japan for, I don't know, maybe something like 15 years. Oh, something wow. Something like that. I've yeah. heard generally you need to have been here for like at least 10 years. Yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, once uh, a parent has citizenship, it's really easy and straightforward for them to just pass it pass it down to their mm. kids. So in, uh, it took a long time for my dad to get it. But then once he had it, uh, myself and my sister got Japanese citizenship as well. Pretty pretty smoothly. So I'm 25 now. I got Japanese citizenship when I was 14. Okay. And I've had a Japanese passport since then. Wow. So it's, uh, it makes travel a lot easier. Like I was going to just ask, like, what kinds of benefits have you already <laughs> like, clearly you know, observed from having the passport? I mean, um, I think... The, the biggest one is just, just visa-free travel, mm-hmm. you know, not having to yeah. apply, you know, like the, the Iranian passport is like the worst when it really? comes to travel. It's so bad. I, I mean, the only benefit is I can go to North Korea. Oh, really? Oh, because, yeah. oh, wait. Techni- technically, I'm pretty sure, I, I'm pretty sure I can go to North Korea. But do, you, do you have an Iranian passport as well? I don't at the moment, uh, but I'm still a citizen. Right. Same thing with Philippines. I'm a citizen of three countries. So uh, with Iran and Philippines, I can apply to get the passport if I wanted to, but there's just no real merit for me having it at the yeah. moment. Yeah. So the only reason uh, I don't have those is just because it's really convenient to travel with Japanese passport and for the purposes of like government registration and everything, I'm a Japanese citizen, so. Right. Yeah. And but culturally, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I just think that's interesting how you're a citizen of three countries, yeah. and ethnically, you're Filipino and Iranian. Yeah. But of the three countries you're a citizen of, the only passport you, you hold currently yeah. is Japan. Yeah. Which, like, you're not technically a Japanese person, but, I mean, you are. Like, yeah. this is your home, would you say? It is, it yeah. is, it is. I mean, growing up, I, I definitely had, uh, you know, a sense of um, struggling with my cultural identity. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yeah. I had multiple backgrounds and everything, but I didn't feel like I fully fit into one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's even now, like, I, I think I'm, I'm a lot, I, I've grown a little bit more into who I am, so I don't worry about it as much, but I think, yeah, growing up, it was kind of a struggle, um, you know, not being fully in anything. So, so now, yeah, I just consider myself Japanese, Iranian, Filipino, all at the same time, basically. Right. Because you didn't go to a Japanese school, like, I think the cultural influence was enough to um, you know, condition you to Japanese sensibilities, mm-hmm. and this might be a little bit of a prejudiced position to come from, but there's definitely arguments to be made about the benefits that you were able to reap from not going to Japanese school. Yeah, um, I'm sure it maybe would have helped you like fit in more, or understand Japanese sensibilities even even more. But it's also it's not really necessary. A, yeah, and it's also as, as I'm sure you know, like very rigid um, education system. Mm-hmm. And, Maybe it would have even limited your ability to freely think. These are just, you know, things that people say. I'm not necessarily saying I fully agree with them. And people never really expect you, you, like, as a, personally, wouldn't expect you to be, have these, uh, every, very minute uh, Japanese sensibilities, which I'm sure you do from growing Mm -hmm. up here, but... Uh, maybe maybe not entirely based I don't know maybe based off from the way you went to school but mm-hmm. just because of who you are people wouldn't expect you know that from you so it doesn't really matter if you do or don't yeah uh, the gaijin card basically yeah like, the gaijin you know, card yeah. even though this you know like you speak fluent Japanese and everything but you can still use the gaijin card if you want yeah. to yeah exactly yeah that is a privilege yeah. uh, you know obviously people as you said people don't expect me to speak Japanese so in a situ- social situation where I don't want to have to deal with the people around me or, or be asked certain questions, I just, I always have the option of just pretending I don't speak Japanese. Do you do that? Like, I'm sure you have done it. I have done it. I don't usually do it. It doesn't like feel good to do it. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't, 
it's like I can say personally I've only done it like <laughs> one time I can remember yeah. and it was with police mm -hmm. you know it's like I just didn't want to be yeah. like I just wanted to get out of the situation <laughs> you know so yeah. <laughs> so oh, sorry I don't speak Japanese yeah I mean I can get away with it and I have done it but yeah. for the most part I just you know I just uh, speak Japanese and, and sometimes people are a little bit surprised mm -hmm. But like kind of tomo just exactly. I was standing right there for that. That was. Funny. <laughs> I mean, it's not anything bad, but a lot of times Japanese people are just really surprised if mm -hmm. you can speak good Japanese. Um, yeah. As a non-Japanese person, someone who at least doesn't obviously look ethnically Japanese, mm. and you know. yeah. I mean, I think nowadays I definitely notice, uh, especially on like social media or. You know, generally in media and also just people I meet, I think the expectation um, for people to be able to speak Japanese, or, or I guess the uh, how surprised people are when mm. somebody like myself or somebody that I'm with that doesn't necessarily look Japanese speaks Japanese, I don't I don't notice people being as shocked as you know even like ten years ago, something yeah. like that, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean. It, Depending on the situation, I, I definitely like to speak Japanese sometimes and sometimes I speak English uh, and it just, I guess, uh, it has its advantages. What do, you, my multilingual. what do you feel most comfortable with? Language-wise? Yeah. English, definitely. Mm. But uh, that's just because I grew up speaking English at home with my mom and my sister. Really? And my dad speaks Farsi. Version. I was gonna ask if you also speak Farsi. And I do, I do, I do speak it, but it's not like at like a native level or anything. But, but still uh, proficient, I'm assuming. Yeah, proficient enough. Very um, cool. So I speak English, Farsi, and uh, and Japanese. Okay. I would say in, in order of how proficiently I speak them, it's it's English, Japanese, and then Farsi. Okay. So uh, I mean English, native, Japanese, maybe fluent. I would say, or I mean close enough to native, and then Farsi's like I don't know business level, something like that. Sure. Um, I would definitely feel I feel the most comfortable expressing myself in English, um, but I think I sometimes when I speak in whatever language I'm speaking in, I think I try to think in that language, mm -hmm. and I, I yeah I think that makes me more uh, understand like the nuances of what I'm communicating and also what the other person is trying to get toward like convey towards me. Totally. Um, so I think that's kind of like the best way for me to make sure that I'm able to communicate well in all three languages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great, um, not that you were trying to present that as a tip, but I do think that's a good tip for people whenever they're learning any language. Like, And it's not something that you can just do. I think you kind of have to spend time mm -hmm. in a country where that language is yeah. natively spoken. But I can say that I definitely think I can think better in Japanese or as a like fake Japanese person mm -hmm. um, having spent like four years here now than I could when I just got here and I was just going off of the Japanese that I learned from like textbooks, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and you just, you spend more time with people who speak that language as a, as, yeah. as their native tongue and you just, I mean, it, it makes it really obvious that language is a vehicle for ways of thinking. Mm -hmm. um, it's not enough to try and just, you know, take something that you're thinking in your native tongue and Google translate it mm -hmm. into the next language that you're yeah. trying to speak in. Yeah, definitely slows you down a lot when you when you constantly try to translate in your head. Like my Japanese was definitely worse uh, as a kid because you know uh, I was not really speaking Japanese at home, and I was in international school where you know the the Japanese classes were quite you know basic mm. and just kind of covering um, the basic level of things that is quite behind. Um, 
like the academic in, in the academic uh, academic sense, it was it was quite far behind what my peers at that age right. would you know be studying in terms of like kanji conversation, everything like that. Yeah. So uh, while I was in international school, my Japanese wasn't always uh, as fluent as it is now. But then I went to I went to a Japanese high school for two years. Ah, okay, two, that probably helped a lot. Two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that was on purpose because I wanted to kind of like change mm. the environment that I was in at yeah. the same time as also improve on my Japanese language capabilities because at that point in time, I felt like, you know, I did want to live and work in Japan and I felt like I couldn't fully be part of society if I didn't understand and wasn't able to speak Japanese fluently. Sure. So, and that really did help me like a lot. It transformed my kind of, it, it contributed towards me feeling more Japanese and it also expanded my opportunities in terms of you know what schools I could get into, or uh, you know now, um, you know the my job requires that I'm bilingual. Yeah, what do you do for work? Over there? So I work at a consulting firm. Oh, me too. Yeah, cool. but it's 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 an educational research. So okay. it's like our clients will come to us with a research goal, and they'll say, you know, we'd like to learn about this market, or okay. we'd like to do an M and A or something like that. And then we'll, you know, our role as an intermediary is to connect them with. You know, an industry expert, Very cool. somebody with X amount of years in, in a certain industry, and, and and we'll kind of help them uh, achieve their their research goals. And that's awesome. So you work bilingually? Yeah, I do yeah. work bilingually. So a lot of the people that I talk to um, are Japanese speaking, mm-hmm. primarily Japanese, but then internally I'll speak to people both in English and Japanese. That's just like my job. Yeah, it's like <laughs> very well. I guess uh, the place I work, like. The staff is split. It's like half native Japanese people and half uh, Westerners, mm-hmm. but everyone's bilingual. Mm-hmm. So, but usually the clients, you know, by nature of the fact that we exist in Japan, yeah. are you know native Japanese speakers and might not speak any English. Yeah. So a lot of times it's just being the intermediary for, like, I'll be put on a team with only native Japanese speakers, um, or sorry, only other uh, native English speakers, and they just want me to like translate or interpret mm-hmm. or something. Um, but it, it's fun. It's kind of an exercise in doing what you were just talking about where yeah. you have to switch not just the language you're speaking. That seems easy enough uh, as a concept, but like you have to go from thinking and behaving like a Japanese person with a Japanese client and then translating in a way that makes sense um, to other foreigners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, it's, it's easy enough to, you know, talk about things that you've already practiced beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 you know a lot about whatever presentation that you're giving but then on the spot if somebody asks you like a tough question and then you have to translate it into the other language yeah there's certain things that come up that like uh so if we have like a client that is actually a foreign client but we need to connect them with uh other people in japan Mm -hmm. like another sort of client that's a japanese company like maybe they're doing m&a like you were talking about or something there's certain things that come up where it's like, how do I even explain this to someone who hasn't lived in Japan? It's yeah. gonna seem so weird, like Definitely. some sort of business practice or even just like little like uh, kegel phrases that people use. It's like, how do you translate Yoroshikunaishimasu? Like, even <laughs> like, like, I'm counting on you. That's a commonly used yeah. one. Or just sometimes I'm just like, oh, he says thanks. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, you know. So like yeah, I mean, actually, it's a. Uh... Working at my current job has really improved my ability to write Japanese emails. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. such that's like a language in itself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's really funny because it's like there's all this stuff before what you actually want to say, and then the stuff after what you want to say, and then the content is like ten percent of what you right, wrote. Yeah. So it's like you have to open up with the, yeah. Yeah, the, the formalities, you know, things like that. It seems so 
annoying. <laughs> it is kind of annoying. But then, I mean, the thing is, it helps when, like, if I wanna, if I wanna transition to a different job, and I still have to work with Japanese clients, or or I have to work with, you know, uh, coworkers that are more inclined to use Japanese when they communicate. I think that will be really helpful to know, right? And I mean, you, you kind of have to, in order to at least be at the basic level of, you know, being able to work in Japan. I think because when you don't speak Japanese, it really limits your, or at least. Are able to communicate relatively fluently. It really limits your your job opportunities. It limits you know your I know experience. That first hand. <laughs> <laughs> but you're working. You're in. Uh, you're studying right now. Yeah, I'm in trying. So yeah, I'm sure you're making a lot of progress, man. I see sometimes you post on Instagram like your classes. Or yeah, from time to time. <laughs> I, it seems like you're motivated though. Like I have no doubt that you'll get the business level if you want to. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I'll be in the school until next June. So hopefully, yeah. Uh, I can be able to focus enough for it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. I'm really glad you're doing that. Yeah, I, I think, appreciate it. You know, like he's like Ari was just saying, like it's kind of just priceless skills that you need as a baseline because mm -hmm. Japan is just such an insular society in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that's a cliche phrase that gets tossed around, but because it is that way with such like an in an ingrained tradition, mm -hmm. and especially um, like the business culture here is so uh, rule oriented and there's like all these set phrases and you just need to do a lot of things in terms of etiquette yeah, to, yeah you know yeah. seem capable um mm. but like once you get it it's kind of easy like with the email writing and like certain phrases it's just it's kind of just memorization yeah and, yeah, um, yeah yeah a lot of them don't even it's like even though not like it's just it's just heel again that you have to use mm -hmm. um just you know as uh as a prerequisite yeah yeah but that's cool yeah, yeah it seems uh, a bit annoying but you know I mean, it is what it is. You know, I, I, just, I was, I just, I know, I love Japan. I love Tokyo, and the thing is, I, you know, I want to live here for at least you know a few years. And the thing is, I would hate, 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 hate to leave Tokyo, and not have gained any sort of language capability. Mm -hmm. You know, it just bugs me. Like I, I see people yeah. who have lived here for so long and they don't know anything. You're already past that point, though. Like, you obviously have learned even. Since I know something. I know things, yeah. but like, I mm. still like. I, I still struggle with like basic communication just like like there's I, I can understand a, a lot of what people are saying but I just feel so weird about talking mm -hmm. because I'm really scared about what people will think about how mm -hmm. weird it sounds yeah. it's just practice man you just you know I, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying because I I mean I would be lying to say I don't still feel that sometimes mm -hmm. you know what mm -hmm. I mean because I didn't I didn't grow up here like I don't have the level of fluency that I'm sure Ario has um, but I've definitely been in the position where I didn't feel like I could even make small talk with people. Yeah. And I feel like I'm past that. I feel like that's, you know? I feel like small talk for me is the hardest thing. Uh, that's just practice. You just have to get used to like, like uh, yeah. casual Japanese. Yeah. Because it's not what you learn in the textbooks at first. You know, mm. you learn like desmascho, which is like not the way people really talk to each other, but they yeah. know each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, you know, for instance, like, I, you know, if I talk to, like, my Gigi Baba, I've told you about them before. Yeah. Like, just, like, this family that I'm really close with. I can talk with them, and I can talk a lot about myself, and mm -hmm. I, like, tell them, girl, this is what's been going on, I've been doing this, you know, blah, blah, blah. But if I talk to somebody, like, at, at the gym, you know, a, a, in jiu-jitsu, who doesn't know any, like, mm -hmm. English, it's just like, oh, like, we're done rolling, we're done sparring, whatever, and I just, I want to start a conversation, but, like, how? Well, you know, yeah. like, what do I say to them? You know, just, I'm not going to say, you know, like, so yeah, my week was like this and I, you know, yeah. like, 
I don't know. I feel like, uh, I mean, an element of that is just you feel like you're not going to be judged when you're speaking to somebody that you know you're you you already have a relationship with. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're friendlier with them. Whereas when you're speaking with somebody that you're you're maybe not super close to or you've just met them, you don't know what their expectations are, and you don't know, you know how they're gonna think when they hear you speaking in Japanese. Yeah. And I think that just kind of makes you feel a bit more nervous. Yeah, it does make me feel n- more nervous. Yeah. Like there's been sometimes when people say something to me, like I know what they said, but like, like what's what's an appropriate way to respond? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That do- like I know it sounds okay in mm-hmm. English, you know. Like for instance, you can say, "What's up," you know, or, or something like that, or "How are you doing?" But what's what's the Japanese equivalent? Like Genki desu ka? Like you, you can only say that so many times, you know? Yeah. You but know? there are like even, I don't know. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the more you, you know, take that step and try to have like more casual conversations with people yeah. at your dojo or whatever, yeah. people that you've already established a rapport with, like, there's. So Genki Desuka is something that you would say to even a stranger, right? Like yeah, It's yeah, just yeah. like a formal, mm. a semi-formal, yeah, like, set yeah. phrase. But to someone that you have a better relationship with, you might say, Choshido. Like, you know, like, mm. like how you feeling? Like, it's, it's more of like a colloquial, like, what's uh, up? You know, so you could say that, like, Choshido, like, when you walk into the locker see, room. I know exactly what that means, yeah. but, like, I have never thought about, like, like how I, I've never thought uh, about saying that, you know? Like, if you say that to me, like, I know what you're saying, but, like, if you say it's, that it's to like, someone, it might even make them feel like, oh, it's not. He's not just like. If you said Genki this guy, it might be like, yeah. oh, formality. Like subconsciously, they might be thinking he's uh, just making small talk. But if you ask someone Choshi though, they might be even more inclined to be like, oh, like yeah, I'll let them know that actually I have like my back's hurting or something. Like, uh, you could actually get yeah, a real yeah, conversation yeah. going potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Stuff like that, I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not real advice. I'm just saying, like, I guess the nugget I was trying to. Um, extract from the bowl that I just, you know, yeah, yeah. when you start trying to put yourself in those situations, I feel like you will naturally get used to speaking more uh, casually with people. And then that might be interpreted as being more genuine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. People That's that what I'm trying to look for. You know, as impolite with. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm trying to, I, I want to speak in a more like casual, like, but still like uh, polite, like a genuine, a genuine way. Right. Because yeah. that's kind of like what I want to speak. Because like. so much of Japanese small talk is like kind of just formalities yeah. yeah to be honest i don't think that's something that i'll ever want to use in the like in job wise like mm-hmm. i don't really care about like I'm, i don't not i don't think i'll look for that kind of job in tokyo or mm-hmm. or i have to speak kegel or anything like that i guess to know will be nice like so i can understand it mm-hmm. but i just want to be able to like express myself in japanese the same way that i express myself in english mm-hmm. you know Ah, uh, yeah, I'd be curious. Like to express hear what you have to say express about. my character in the same way. Do you so? Do you feel like? Uh, th- sorry, this just no, no, leads no, no, me no, to no. a question that I yeah. feel like you were actually about to comment. Yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like even as someone who's basically native English and native Japanese yeah. speaker, do you feel like you can really express yourself in Japanese the same way that you do in English? Uh, I would say that even if you are fully native, I mean, being fully native in English and Japanese. Does allow you to express yourself in a really um, like naturally, mm. even in in both languages. But I would say there are some nuances or uh, certain kind of um, things that you can say that just sound different in English compared to Japanese. So, um, 
like it's regardless of your language ability it'll never sound exactly the same if you try to directly translate mm, yeah, 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 yeah for sure so the closest thing you can do is to kind of use um like a real life example or a phrase that kind of communicates the same vibe yeah, yeah but yeah. it's not directly translated i mean I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like I'm not trying to express myself like express the same like exact sentiment. Yeah. But what I, what I'm saying is like I want to express my character in the same way that I would express yeah. like the way that you know me in English. Yeah. I want people to know me like that in Japanese. Yeah. But yeah. like I feel like when I speak Japanese, it just feels like really weird. Uh-huh. Like it feels like it's sometimes I like have like a formal sentence. Sometimes I'll have a casual sentence. But it's like it's not on purpose. It's just like oh some like I just. It, this comes out more naturally this way like this this sentence comes out na- whether it's formal or casual it comes mm-hmm. out more natural this way yeah. so like I just say it quickly and like that way but yeah I mean at the stage where you're still mastering the language yeah. and you're and you're not comfortable enough to just be able to say whatever you want on the spot without having to think about it yeah, yeah, yeah. like pu- the mechanism of like thinking about what you're going to say as you're saying it is always going to make it feel kind of unnatural right yeah yeah, yeah. and I think Honestly, like, there isn't really anything you can do about that other than just become better at the language. Yeah. But I think um, when it comes to communicating or showing, expressing yourself as you are in English, all you can really do is, is, is uh, I think it's more to do with your, with the way you act and the way you carry yourself mm, yeah, rather yeah. than the actual language. Like, people can tell that you're a kind, considerate person in English and Japanese. Maybe the way you express it in Japanese mm-hmm. is, you know, they might be a bit different. It's kind of just as important as studying casual speech mm-hmm. for being able to go between the two. And then maybe that helps you feel like you're expressing yourself more genuinely. Having the freedom yeah. to switch between, like, colloquial, casual speech with mm-hmm. friends and polite speech with, you know, superiors, people that are older than you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so true though, like the way, obviously, you know, as you guys know, the way you communicate, if you're speaking to somebody that's, you know, uh, superior or in, to you in terms of their, their position, like at your job, for example, or somebody that's older than you uh, versus somebody that's your friend, same age, or somebody that's younger, you know, that, that changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I agree with you that like, if you have the ability to switch um, you know the way you formulate your your language without having to think about it that's like when you truly attain like the freedom of, of being able to express yourself like yeah, normally, yeah. right yeah so now do you do you feel like uh, it's easier for you to get uh, you know earn like gain friends and like when you in, when you speak to like native Japanese people like in Japanese or mm-hmm. when you speak to someone who speaks English who, who, who do I you mean, feel like you're like naturally inclined mm-hmm. to become friends with typically? I think I naturally tend to become friends with people that are bilingual mm. because we kind of share certain similarities in our experiences and, and I kind of gravitate towards people that are... I guess it's also just a consequence of having a lot of international friends mm. who surround ourselves with people like us. But I, I of course I have you know uh, friends and acquaintances that only speak English or only speak Japanese or, or English in another language or something like yeah. that. And I do think that I naturally probably feel more comfortable or I'm able to develop friendships more quickly with people that I'm speaking English with. Mm. However, um, do you think it's a cultural thing or a language thing? I think that's more of a cultural thing rather than a language thing because even though I grew up here uh, 
and you know I do consider myself Japanese in a lot of ways and I mean I am I think I still will feel more like I can relate to people that speak English or even if they don't necessarily speak English as a first language they've had a more um, culturally varied background like they they lived in a different country or they have somebody in their family who's not from you know the country that they grew up in I mean I'm 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 a third culture kid technically right because both yeah. my parents are from different cultures and I grew up in Japan like I don't exclusively become friends with people with the same experience but I think people who easy to relate yeah it's, it's easier for me to relate to people like that so I have close I have friends that are you know um, that speak Japanese at a native level, but the majority of them are people that also speak English or other languages. Yeah, yeah. It's not really on purpose, it's just kind of naturally, that's just how I yeah, yeah interact with people. I think that uh, international school upbringing too, like that's a third culture in itself. Yeah. I've, I've even read, I remember when I was still in school, I read like a scholarly paper specifically about international school environments being like a third culture mm -hmm. with, like within a native, like a, within a home country. You know, it's not quite the home country's culture. It's not quite whatever culture is supposed to be being exported or mm -hmm. imported from abroad. Um, you know, if it's like an American school or a French school or whatever, it's always going to be this third thing that is a natural product of trying to combine, mm -hmm. you know, whatever cultures are at play. Um, and yeah, I think that's just natural. Like I have other friends who are, uh, grew up in international schools here and they constantly speak in what they call intago which is like they're constantly blending English and Japanese seamlessly, like in the same yeah. sentence even, you know, just throwing. And I, we've even done it on this podcast, yeah. which I'm annoyed at myself for doing. I think it's kind of <laughs> um, annoying or even pretentious when people do yeah. it sometimes. But sometimes, I don't know how often this happens to you, I feel like even if I'm speaking in English or speaking in Japanese, mm -hmm. there's a certain word or idea I'm looking for that just, only exists yeah. in the other language. Yeah. yeah or yeah. it just way, it comes to mind way quicker than the yeah, other. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I use it. Yeah, yeah. I do that all the time. And that's like a third yeah. language almost. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah. What yeah. is like shogunai or yeah. shogunai? Yeah. We, we can easily <laughs> translate shogunai to like a phrase that you do hear in English, which is, uh, I always think of the translation as it can't be helped. Yeah. Or yeah, like, yeah. what are you gonna do? Yeah. But though we don't say those as commonly or like as casually as Japanese yeah. people say shogunai. Yeah. Like it's said so often and it's such like a thing in my brain, in your brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shogunai, shogunai. shogunai. Yeah. I think shogunai in Japanese in my head way often than I think it can't be helped. <laughs> yeah. Which is usually the common translation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another one I like is like sasuga. 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 <laughs> That's hard. To I, yeah, it is. It's I interpret it that as sasuga ario. Isn't it? That's ario for you. <laughs> exactly. It's not just like impressive or sugoi yeah. or whatever. It's somewhere between that and something specific or to be expected of a certain person or thing. Yeah. Right. It's like oh that yeah that's ario for you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's in line of what you would expect from this person kind right. of thing. But it's like better than. But if you say like mm. that's Ario for you, it sounds like a cartoon. Like, <laughs> right? It's like weird that we don't say it commonly in English. Yeah, it yeah. does. It sounds kind of weird. When it's like why is that guy talking like he's from the fifties? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. It's actually interesting because um, you know the phrase uh, like Otsukare sama desu yeah. in Japanese. Actually, actually, good work today. Yeah, yeah, there is kind of a similar phrase that's more, uh, you know that communicates kind of the same nuance in Farsi, mm. but there isn't really one in English. It's kind of no. like, so 
Yeah, I don't think... The, so Peace. the thing about Utsukare Sama Des is it's such a set phrase that, yeah. like, you say to everyone, or you say to someone at the end of the workday, at the end of the training session, like, you just say it. Um, and we don't have a phrase like that that we say as regularly or routinely in English. So I'm curious, is the Farsi phrase something that, like, people sort of without fail say when they finish a job or something? I mean, they might... It's not... I don't think people really say it when, uh, in the same way that people say it when, you know, they're going home from work or something, mm. but they might say it when, like, you know, somebody else has kind of done something for, for mm. you, like, they might, if they serve you something, like, at dinner, uh, or, like, if they serve you a plate, it kind of, it's kind of like, you know, it's like saying, more than a thank you, it's also acknowledging it's, their effort. Yeah, it's like, thank you, thank you for doing that, but then, at the same time, it sounds a bit apologetic. Right. So it, the nuance in that context can be quite similar, mm. uh, or like when you when you just acknowledge that somebody's done something for you, mm. um, or yeah, something like that. But I think it's not the it's not the same when it comes to um, like leaving leaving your workplace or mm. whatever. But in English, I think there isn't really like I don't think there is a good translation for that. Yeah, because yeah. like the way I'm thinking about it is. I guess I shouldn't say it's just something you say in Japanese as if you have to. I don't think people would necessarily get in trouble for not saying it at the end of the workday. But it almost, like, if I was leaving the office and my boss or my coworker just said, like, Sayonara. Yeah, well, that'd be weird. <laughs> that'd be, <laughs> that'd be weird. like, am I fired? Like, <laughs> are we not going to see each other again? But, like, if they didn't say it, if they just said, like, thanks or something, I would almost be like, that's weird that they didn't say Otsukari well, Sama Desu because yeah, that's the yeah, level yeah, yeah. of frequency that people yeah. use it. It's like almost, it's almost weird if it doesn't get said, yeah. not because you have to, but because it's just so common. Yeah. You yeah. can count on it. You know, like that first email has to be flawless. Yeah. Like, because they're going to know from my name and or picture mm. that I'm a foreigner yes. and I want them to feel comfortable speaking in Japanese with me. So that first email at the very least mm. has to be perfect Japanese. Um, and then yeah. after that, like, I'll allow myself a few... Like, I'm not going to ask a coworker to check every email I send. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. It can be kind of annoying sometimes when I reach out to somebody in perfect Japanese. Uh, and then they're like, in their response, like, Hi, Ario, thanks for reaching out to I you. Knew <laughs> <you're> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like uh, excuse me, I, I reached out yeah. to you in Japanese, right? But then sometimes yeah. I'm just too so lazy. They, almost like, like they don't expect you to actually <laughs> speak Japanese. No, but here's when I mind and don't mind that. When that's happened to me... If they reach back and their English is actually as good as the Japanese I sent in my first message, yeah. fine. Let's have a bilingual conversation, or if you prefer to speak in English mm -hmm. for whatever reason, fine. That's my native language. I'm not going to pretend like I don't speak it. Yeah. When I speak Japanese to someone, and I feel pretty confident that my Japanese that I spoke uh, toward them was noticeably better than the English they're now insisting that they practice with me I'm like no it's I'm not gonna be your English lesson and I'm not gonna let or I'm not gonna let you pretend like my Japanese isn't good enough like yeah you can't you clearly can't speak English as, as well as I speak Japanese so let's do Japanese yeah but if their English is better than my Japanese which is the case with some people I work with I'm like yeah let's just do English because it will just it'll save time yeah like, let's yeah, go yeah. with the most efficient common denominator yeah you know? yeah yeah that's good. That's good. That's a good yeah. way to look about it. Some people will just insist that you know they. I don't know what it is. Like they want to show off their English or something. And, yeah. It's so awkward when I've just been on a phone call with somebody in Japanese, and then they message me right after, like, "Hi, thanks for the call." And I'm just like, "Which one is it? Like, yeah. can we stick to one language?" Right. Yeah. <laughs>
grew up in the US, but obviously, you know, visually he looks completely Japanese, right? And I was walking with him, and then this police officer was standing like near, I guess, the ticket gate area, and he and my friend and I were just walking, and then he saw me. He took a look at me, and then he asked me to stop. And uh, he didn't address my friend at all in the first place, and he just asked me for like my ID, or like my, I guess, like my ID card or my resident card, or any form of identification that I have. Um, and I was just like, why? Yeah, I was oh, just like, good for why? you. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's fucking ballsy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I was just like, why? <laughs> that's how I wish I always responded. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's just how I felt. Well, because... I mean, you have that right. You're a Japanese citizen. Yeah, so I was just like... genuinely just kidding. And you weren't doing anything, right? Yeah, I was just walking. Yeah. We were just walking. Yeah. And then, like, the guy was like, oh, yeah, because, well, I don't remember the exact wording, but it was something along the lines of, well, because we're looking for somebody that looks like this. You match a description. <laughs> yeah, you match a description. And it's not like they had a photo or anything. What it was like, you look, it was something like, you, we were looking for a guy that looks like this, and I was just like... Do you think that was true? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, I mean, it might be true, but because they didn't show me a photo, it could very well be anybody, like, yeah. Yeah. it could be anybody, like, I mean, I'm assuming that it was somebody who, like, wasn't, like, black, or, like, completely different skin tone than me, or something like that. Mm. You know, they at least had black hair, or something like that, but th there was no details as to what they looked like, they were just like, you match a description, so I was like... You know, I'm a Japanese citizen. I was born and raised here, and I have a Japanese passport, influent Japanese. And, and then he started apologizing to me, and I was just like, "No background." I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, do I did I match a description? Because even if I speak Japanese fluently, whether I speak Japanese fluently or not, I still match the description. I, I, do I still match that description, or is it because in this hypothetical scenario where I match the description, it doesn't exist anymore because I speak Japanese? Like, right. it, it it kind of felt weird to me. And I questioned like why they approached me in the first place, yeah, and yeah, why yeah. the fact that I speak Japanese and I said that I'm a Japanese citizen, which he did not confirm, because he didn't ask for my passport, he didn't ask for an ID. Yeah. Well, he did ask for my ID, but he didn't. There wasn't any way to verify on the spot that I'm actually a Japanese citizen. Right. But he just he just said he apologized and let me go, and I was like, why is he apologizing? Because I'm a Japanese citizen, does it mean it's okay to treat me that way if I'm not a Japanese citizen? I feel like that, just hearing your story, I feel like that is the correct implication to take away yeah. from that, unfortunately. I feel like the fact that he backed off so easily after you showed your Japanese-ness by, <laughs> you know, speaking fluent Japanese, saying, even though he didn't confirm it, that you're a citizen, I feel like that unfortunately means he was just profiling you and... Yeah. I mean, like, I think me and Ramsey have had similar experiences, so that sucks. But obviously, you know, in your unique position, like, you really are like a Japanese person, like yeah. in every sense besides like the genetic, yeah, or whatever, you know, ethnic. for whatever that's worth. Yeah. <laughs> right. ethnic, yeah, yeah. I mean, ethnic, even ethnic. I don't know, like, I nobody's. I use, <laughs> yeah, like I don't even know. Is I, I use that term too, but mm. like that technically is somewhere between cultural and mm. genetic. Yeah, and like in a, in the cultural aspect, like you're Japanese. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had a few other like less interesting experiences where. They've talked to me like in high school. Another time, I remember I was with my friends who we were just walking around and they asked us, like, uh, they were just it, it was like during school hours, so they were like, Why, why aren't you guys in school? Mm -hmm. Um, and then we were like, Oh, yeah, because we have a half day off because of I don't know whatever holiday it was, or it was the end of the semester, mm -hmm. or something like that. And then they, they didn't really ask us anything beyond that, but you know, I've definitely had a few instances in my life where they just kind of walk up to me and ask me a couple questions and let me go where I'm just not really sure what the basis for asking me mm. in the first place was. 
like what constitutes like looking suspicious, right? Because I've had friends who've had much worse experience than, than myself. Like I actually consider myself on the lucky side because only like what, like five times in my life or something. I've, you know, I have friends who are stopped and like a close friend of mine recently, he said he was walking to, um, to his, his university. He was going to a class and he, and basically a police officer stopped him and uh, asked him questions like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And basically the basis for asking him, they said he was, he looked suspicious mm. and, and it's just like, he didn't, he didn't think he looked suspicious at all. He was just, he's just like dressed in normal clothes and walking to his university. And he, he got, he said he kind of got flustered and, and told the police officer like, Hey, why are you, why are you making me look suspicious in front of my campus? Like people are going to think that I'm, I'm a criminal or something. Yeah. He, Japanese? He's, he's, he's actually Iranian like me. Okay. So obviously he doesn't, he, you know, he's, he's visibly like a non-Japanese looking person and maybe because he has like a beard. Mm-hmm. Um, that might, you know, elevate his status as somebody who looks kind of suspicious, right? Like, um, but yeah, I've, I've heard a lot of, I, there's a lot of um, friends who've had similar experiences where they're just walking um, or they're not doing anything suspicious, they're just standing and then uh, they get asked questions. Um, I think the, the likelihood of it happening definitely increases at night. Yeah. Or when you're like in a location where you know, people, it's very common for people to be drinking or it's like, I don't know, midnight or, or whatever, uh, you know, that type of setting. But, you know, it sometimes still happens in broad, day, broad daylight. Like my friend that I just mentioned right now, it happened to him in broad daylight. Yeah. Um, but I, I've noticed recently on YouTube, you know, there's videos, of, there, there's a more of a prevalence of like videos of like, you know, for example, there's a guy I remember watching recently who's like a lawyer and he was commenting on a video that went viral in Japan about the police, uh, which kind of showed a police interaction with somebody who I think had like a skateboard or something. Mm. And I don't know what, what it <coughs> was, but basically it was like uh, the lawyer was giving his legal commentary on whether Japanese the lawyer. yeah Japanese yeah. lawyer was giving legal commentary on whether the police escalated the situation in the correct way and the interaction was was you know, was completely within legal legally allowed you know uh, boundaries and i think that type of discussion is definitely occurring more now that's mm-hmm. awesome yeah if so because yeah i i didn't know like i've obviously seen videos like that mm-hmm. from in the west yeah like people giving their professional opinions about these like seriously publicized altercations between police and mm-hmm. civilians and I would, I've never seen anything like that in Japan. So I think if there's like legal professionals who start getting involved, that's, that's awesome because mm-hmm. undoubtedly there's police brutality that happens in Japan too. It may not be as much of a problem, but I think it can only be a good thing if Japanese mm-hmm. people, even if it's because of things happening abroad, mm-hmm. start to have more of an understanding that like, just because police are supposed to be there to protect you doesn't mean they're always behaving properly. Yeah. Um, that can only benefit everyone, including the police themselves, mm-hmm. to like have society be more aware of the potential for you know improperly conducted police civilian all you know yeah. relations. And I mean that's how it starts, you know. Before you can get to the whole systemic issues, it starts yeah. with just the awareness first and the small conversation. And um, yeah, I guess that's the initially what I was I was kind of curious about if it was something that you ever noticed, maybe in the news or talk amongst you know. I guess Japanese friends 
that if you ever noticed maybe that kind of awareness or maybe that like oh just kind of like that light bulb situation like oh you know, maybe like people no longer have that unintentional ignorance and now if you don't know then it's it's most likely just intentional yeah. ignorance i mean i definitely notice that there's more awareness uh especially on social issues um just in terms of like more people talking about it on like <clears throat> instagram or twitter i think I, I noticed it a lot with like you know like the lgbtq movement you know i think there's more people aware of um you know the existing issues and or what's being debated in you know the US and Europe uh, and I think that, that that's a lot a lot of that is propelled by people who are like you know bilingual you know people who you know are Japanese people who live in the US and communicate like or uh, kind of um, talk about what's going on over there to a Japanese audience and I think I, I definitely notice that pe people I think are more aware about stuff like that, which is which is a great thing. Yeah. Um, or people maybe who are symbols of both, like the relationship between Japan and the West, like Naomi Osaka. Like I know she's been very vocal about her support for Black Lives Matter. Yeah, that's yeah. been really cool actually. I think that's really cool to see, just because like it's something. It, she's someone that a lot of Japanese people have eyes on. Yeah. And even if the media is not quite treating it as seriously or giving it as much airtime as you would hope. I think it still has been broadcast yeah. on the Japanese airwaves, and like even though she can't speak Japanese, she's still pretty revered here. Yeah. Wait, um, wait. They can Naomi Osaka can't speak Japanese? I don't believe so. Really? She yeah. can, but it's like oh, she? it's not. It's it's definitely better than it used to be, but I, she's not like fluent or anything. Oh, really? I had no idea. I yeah. thought she was raised. I thought she was like. I thought that was like her language. She was raised in America. Really? She was raised in the U.S. Yeah. Oh, man. She recently had to choose between Japanese and, and American citizenship. I made her do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, when it comes to public figures who are representing Japan on an on you know international stage, they you know like make a show of them following those rules. Right. So when it comes to like somebody like you know Naomi Osaka, like, she has to, she had to pick, and I'm 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 pretty sure she picked Japan mm -hmm. uh, instead of the U.S. and um, Technically, even though I'm, she retains her American and Japanese identity from a you know, legal standpoint, I think she's only a Japanese citizen. Now, I'm not sure if she actually gave it up, or at least on the surface she did, Yeah. but I'm pretty sure she <coughs> she chose Japan. Right. So yeah, I mean, that that's, that, that, that was always something that, uh, that kind of bothered me, the fact that dual citizenship isn't allowed here. Yeah. But I think that's going to change eventually. It should. You would, yeah. It seems kind of dated, yeah. right, to make people change. Yeah. Even if they're, I'm glad they don't enforce it, like, yeah. with everyone, like, yeah. don't, because, yeah. like, my girlfriend, for example, she was born in Texas, but she's, like, fully Japanese, yeah. grew up the first half of her life in Japan, but, and, you know, like, her and a lot of my other friends who have similar situations, like, mm -hmm. when they turn maybe 18 or 20 or 21, like, at some point they hear from the government, maybe it's when they get yeah. their first job or something, like, yeah. hey, you need to pick, like, it's that, it's getting yeah. to be that time, like, yeah. Yeah. Which, which you can choose and then they kind of just blow it off and nothing happens yeah. so they get to keep both citizenships yeah, um, yeah that actually I was, yeah I was really surprised when you told me that you're able to maintain like yeah. a citizenship between all three all three because I actually also had a, my ex-girlfriend she was actually half Japanese and half Singaporean so I was kind of and she had to pick when she turned a certain age so I was like oh okay so then how did how, how are you managed to keep not only not just two but three yeah <laughs> you know like how come they didn't reach out to you did you did you just ignore them i mean i didn't have to well like i said i legally became a japanese citizen and i showed well i told well at least my parents well i was a teenager so i didn't do it myself but my parents at least told them that uh that i that my sister and i and i guess my dad as well 
um, have given up our other citizenships or other passports at least. But the thing is, you you basically write a paper. As far as I know, you basically <coughs> write a, you fill out a form that says you did, but there's never actual. The Japanese government doesn't actually call like the embassy of the other country or oh, wow. the check with the other government of you know of the other country that you're act, you're no longer a citizen with them. They just on the surface want to you know show that you're showing you're kind of um you are uh, giving up those citizenships, but they I don't think they really care enough. Or, really? um, or I think it's just more of like maybe it's just like a budget thing. Like they can't actually go through the effort of checking for every single person. Because if you think about it, it's probably millions. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, like I said, unless you're a public figure, in that case, it's more. They're more, you know, under scrutiny. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have to show that they they've made a, a choice, and it has to be accounted for from the yeah. government's perspective. But for the average person, I mean, it really isn't an issue. Like, I mean, the only. Th- time I can think of it being an issue is if you accidentally show like at the airport customs you show customs like the wrong passport if you're carrying yeah. both like that Whoops. that <laughs> that has happened I've heard of it yeah but I've heard of it too. even then it's, it's both like, my passports you know yeah. <laughs> yeah but for the most part I mean uh, the Japanese government I think it's kind of like a it's like ryoka. It's like uh, you know, like a silent agreement kind of yeah, thing, yeah. where it's like they really don't, they they acknowledge, they don't publicly acknowledge it, but they know that it's going on, right? Yeah. But it, I always thought that was a double standard, though, because they, you know, somebody like, you know, somebody who like Naomi Osaka, who uh, is uh, mixed, you know, <clears throat> and presumably has a cultural sense of identity and belonging to both countries, the fact that she has to pick is like. I feel like that's you know like stripping somebody of part of their identity, which I don't agree with, but I understand why they do it, and it's not like Japan's the only country that doesn't allow yeah, yeah. dual citizenship. But you know, at the same time, you know, the progressive in me, or I guess the international kid in me, would like for that to be changed over year, over the years, coming years. Yeah, I think that's why I said it seems dated, and I'm very thankful. I mean, not that it affects me personally, but. I acknowledge the fact that, you know, it's great that they don't actually follow up. They're not super strict about it. Mm-hmm. I know it's not just Japan that has that rule, but I think the reason I called it dated is because it seems almost like a legal manifestation of this really lame idea that, um, you know, as, as I'm sure you know, a lot of maybe older conservative Japanese people have that you're not really Japanese unless you're like Yamato, like you're like Jun Japa, like ethnically Japanese like that's what makes you Japanese it's your blood like the idea that maybe someone who is by blood Japanese but wasn't raised here and Mm -hmm. doesn't speak it is somehow more Japanese than someone like you who's not Japanese by blood but for all intents and purposes really is like culturally linguistically so I that's why I don't like that policy because it's Mm -hmm. like why do you why can't you be Japanese and something else why does it have to be one or the other I think I notice like more people uh, being more flexible about that actually because I think it's probably because of like half athletes mm. or celebrities oh, yeah. being more popular nowadays I think people are just more aware of this kind of um, the 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 fact that people have dual or dual or even more like a like a multiple you know countries that they align themselves with you know from like ethnicity wise mm-hmm. and I think more Japanese people are aware of that and especially, I think young people are are, are quite uh, open to that. And I even even older people I've noticed in terms of like social commentary and things are more open to that. Um, I can't speak to how conservative Japanese people feel about that, 
but I think for the average person, yeah. it's not a big deal. Yeah, right? it's just like the people, the powers that be, like the people who are in government making the rules. Like, yeah, obviously to some of them, and obviously a lot of them are like older conservative Japanese men. Like it's enough of a important idea that it, it at least hasn't been changed yet. And yeah, yeah, hopefully it will be at some point. But at least they're not yeah. like really like desperately pursuing everyone to make sure that they give up their other citizenships and stuff. Yeah. That's just that's just one of those things where you know it's kind of like a loophole. Yeah. That yeah. people just you know. I'm uh, sure that rule was in, what, implemented like a long time ago when people actually cared more about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's something people didn't really have to think about. You know, 50 or 100 years ago. You know. That's, yeah, not to the same extent. It, it was just it was just never a thing that people really had to think about. And now that the world has become more globalized, it's just yeah. it's just something that. Like oh, this is a thing now. Like mm. you know, this is not something you don't have to worry about. Like I don't know, like spies or just fucking like yeah. I don't know. I guess you do, but I mean yeah, <laughs> you do. But like you but know, not as crazy. Like people, I don't think people are as crazy concerned about. Spies yeah, 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 yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, Japan's not like an imperialist nation anymore, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a lame I'm, I mean, like, spies in the sense, like, everybody's a sleeper agent. You right, know? right. If you're Russian, then you're, everyone's a... Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny, if you go to, like, Hokkaido or something, I think we talked a little about, a bit about this on another podcast episode because I had an experience where I was potentially racially profiled in Hokkaido. Yeah, yeah. Which, there's not a lot of places I can be, like, racially profiled as a white guy, but in Hokkaido, they're kind of weird about, like, Russians, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's close to Russia. And, yeah. yeah. Um, so this cop stopped me and... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was me because I thought I was suspect, suspected I was Russian or something. Yeah. Caucasian looking. Yeah, you know. And I was like, I'm from Tokyo, I'm like I'm from the states. What are you talking about? You're almost as white as the snow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He he ended up being a really nice guy um, yeah. after I was you know yeah. sort of just polite to him. But yeah, as long as you're not riding a bicycle, you should be good for the yeah. most part. <laughs> yeah. It's like the number one thing that's that's how I got stopped. Yeah. It happened to me recently too. It's like oh, it's really? always if you're if you don't have a light on, you know, as soon as the sun yeah, yeah. Down, that's the number one way to get stopped here. Yeah, yeah, that's actually I've gotten stopped at least like three times because of my light on my bike. Or like people, like there's a lot of like bike theft here, so like they'll stop you. Yeah, to yeah. check your like I guess your your license or your numbers registration registration. Bike, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty annoying. Yeah, but. It's funny because like bike theft doesn't even happen here that much compared to, again, somewhere like the states. Like I've had like three bikes stolen in four years when I was a college student in America, um, and I think you can actually like get away with parking your bike in some pretty like precarious spots here, and mm. chances are it won't get stolen. But yeah. because that is like the most technically the most prominent form of theft here, they're like really strict about the registration. Yeah. yeah. People just leave their bikes. Like unlocked, yeah, yeah, unlocked all the time. Yeah. So I mean, I, if somebody really has the motive, yeah, they I mean, they have those, they have those little tiny like switches on the tires where you can just like turn it around and just like it does a loop there. But like, what is that gonna do? Like, just yeah. I can't like yeah. yeah, you know, like yeah. just crappy bike locks. Yeah, the crappy <laughs> bike locks. Like, like oh no, now I can't. Like I gotta pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you're basically doing is just making it so that if someone wants to steal your bike, they have to carry it. Yeah. Which I guess yeah. makes them conspicuous. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, a person's more likely gonna go for you know the easier target, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's pretty interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's been it's been a yeah. I think we got past the hour and ten minute mark. 
That's only an hour and ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. right. That we need more content. It, it felt, like, <laughs> it it felt, felt longer. Long. Yeah, that yeah. was but not in a way where I was like, well, that was a really fun conversation. But th- I think that's like only including uh like the part when we officially started. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think yeah. there was like there was maybe like another We had like, more conversation earlier, obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't I don't care how long it was. I was yeah, just surprised. Yeah. I thought we were talking for like two hours. Yeah, it was I think I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. Is, is there anything like specific that you actually wanted to talk about um, yourself? Was there anything? Uh, this is where I would plug my YouTube if I was a fan. But, uh, <laughs> I, I Are you writing a book? Oh, do you have a not. book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did just for this moment.